Hello, I'm DJ Evil Dave. And I'm Dr. Brandy Sexy Voice. And you're listening to the Dark Corner Podcast. Brought to you by Gentleman's Grindhouse Records.com. Picking up after it's over. Shatnock Betty Soldiers. We've given all we've got. Sleep, walking, or waking. Taste confused, forsaken. Not giving nothing. New Year, new intro music. Yeah. No punk rock from the Dolly Rots. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And there's something upbeat to get us in the mood to talk shit and stuff. I'm really strung out, man. <laughs> yep. I've had a hell of a couple of days. Yeah, you've been through the ringer, the strainer. I've been through it. The recycler. Been through it. Through it to the other side. Yeah, I, I am going to make mistakes with words. And you'll probably hear them because I'm going to do less of an edit. Yes, I think you edit too much anyway. Yeah, the previous podcast, the Deadpool commentary, was a bit of an experiment. I did a very small edit, like minimum edit, and it seemed to sound all right, though we didn't have that many flubs in the first place. Well, and you know, when when you start uh, doing this, here I go, just uh, my brain is going faster than my mouth can process. Um, when I, when we screw something up that we know we have to take out, you should write down the time code and then you'll have a general idea of where that is. Ooh. So I should have a little notepad next to me writing down yeah. time codes for when we screw up? Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, it would be helpful. Because... Might be better off just to listen to the podcast while I'm playing something. If something jumps out at me, I could edit it. Okay. If you want to do that, I don't care. That could be a thing. I don't care. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. All right. All kinds good. So, yes, the start of year two on Gentleman's Grand House Records.com. Our fabulous home. Yes, it's been I a good s- home to us. I said that like it was from Philly. <laughs> you did. My home. Well, you've been listening to the Howl a lot. I really so. want a hoagie right now. Yep. <laughs> it's almost like the Saturday Night Live Californian accent. It is kind of like that. There's a lot of milking of vowels. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dave, Dave put in a promo for We Got This last week. Seriously, people, even if you have no idea who Hal Lublin and Mark Gagliardi are. People of the world. (laughs) If you have a podcast you want to listen to. Besides us. You have a lot of choices, but there's one that stands out. Besides us. It's a little podcast done by a couple of friends. Used to record for the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Hal Lublin, Mark Gagliardi. We Got This Podcast. There you go. Asked, no, not asked, but answered. <laughs> Answer to a question. Answer to a we question. We did not Nobody ask. asked. Nobody asked. But we sometimes asked. it will try your patience, like the Star Trek episode. Oh, do not get me started on that. Yes. Do not, because I will rant. <laughs> and rave. Yes. Yeah, if you're going to get somebody on as a supposed expert and fan of the series who can't distinguish between the movies... He doesn't belong there on deciding which which one is the best Star Trek movie. You have failed this podcast. Yeah. And besides, it's Wrath of Khan, clearly. Obviously. Yes. Duh. 
they ruled it as uh, Star Trek Four Voyage Home, which I don't. I, I love that movie. Yes, I do. It's not the best one. It's not indicative of Star Trek. It's a comedy episode. It, you know what? You've done this, and now I have to say what I said on Facebook because not everybody sees what I post on Facebook. Right. And I was more eloquent in that post. <laughs> And so that's what I'm going to refer to. Um, so I am going to make you rant. No, I, I don't have the energy <laughs> to rant. So you're just going to relate a previous post of yours. If I can fucking get to it, why well, you, won't you let me? That's why the Facebook app on the iDevices is so low rated. You fucker. It's a piece of shit. It's a POS. God damn it. Let me go get my Kindle. <laughs> she is going to go get her Kindle. Do not talk about me while I'm gone. Talk about me while I'm gone. Brandy is sporting a new hat of hers. She'll probably discuss that later. Hey, stop talking about me. Some bad bitches. All right. She's back in black. Back in black. I am. I have on black pants. <laughs> What are you wearing? <sighs> Yoga pants. <laughs> well, there we go. This works properly. Oh, so the Kindle app works better. Nice. Yeah, which is funny because every time I opened Facebook for like the last month and a half, I kept saying, this app has not been updated like the other apps. And until blah, blah, blah happens, you won't be able to do certain things. And I'm like, yeah, but I can see my whole fucking feed. <laughs> God damn it. This this was my post. Actually, very few people seemed to have seen it, but whatever. Okay, this is what I said. If you are on a podcast where you are deciding which Star Trek film is the best, and you keep asking, is that the one with insert situation slash actor slash character here, then you have no business deciding which Star Trek film is best. Yep. Here are some of the things. That were in that podcast that were wrong. V'ger from Star Trek the Motion Picture is not the original Voyager probe, you morons. <laughs> it was Voyager 6. It was a fictional yep. probe called Voyager 6. Look it up. <laughs> it's this thing called the internet. Ricardo Montalban did not have a prosthetic chest. It wasn't a fake chest. Look at his arms. <laughs> Just go back and watch the film and look at his arms and watch his chest. If that was a prosthetic chest, do you know how much thicker his body would have been? Mm. It would have been impossible in that day and age to put a prosthetic chest on him that looked real. So why don't you shut the fuck up? And take the director's word for it that it was a real chest. And if you actually watch the film and look at it, you'll know it's real. He also is not Italian. <laughs> he is from Mexico. And he was also not just the Corinthian leather guy. He was fucking Mr. Rourke from Fantasy Island, which was a very popular and long-running television series. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm ashamed of you. In fact, I got so worked up when he put the things in their ears when my family was watching that. I went in the other room and watched Fantasy Island because <laughs> it was Saturday night. So it's like, oh, the bad guy's now a kind of good guy? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here we go. 
uh, Bones did not give a pill to a guy with a bum leg in Star Trek Four, who was not dancing around at the end of that sequence. He gave a woman on dialysis a pill, and she grew a fully functional new kidney. <laughs> Again, you could look this shit up. At least watch the films before you go on a podcast to discuss yeah. them. Oh, he kept saying... Oh, it's been a while since I've seen this. Then what are you doing? Yeah. What, what are you, what are you doing on that show? Um, Research. No one freed any slaves in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. They were on a planetary penal colony called Rurapenthe, which they escaped with the help of a shapeshifter, played <laughs> by Iman, who was not in Star Trek V. I might understand your confusion with David Warner being in Star Trek V and Star Trek VI, but he was a human in one and a Fucking Klingon in the other. <laughs> Carl Urban is from New Zealand, not Australia. <laughs> Star Trek Insurrection and Star Trek Nemesis are not interchangeable films. They are not good films, but they are not interchangeable. They have very different stories and very different people in them besides the main cast. One has Tom Hardy. <laughs> good God. And in Star Trek The uh, First Contact, the Enterprise didn't create a wormhole to go back in time or any of that nonsense the borg's fear went back in time and they were right behind it caught in the vortex that was when they saw all of the readings had become borg all the life readings on the planet were borg and so they followed the borg ship into the past if they hadn't done that the vortex would have closed and they would have been shit out of luck yep okay that's all I have on that. We have a cat now, too. Yeah. He has but, come up to grace us with his presence. But to me, I mean, some of those things... Shit, these movies have been around long enough that there is no excuse for you to mess this up, guys. Yeah. So That many mistakes. Mm -hmm. Get somebody else on there. Somebody yeah. who knows well, their shit. Especially in Star Trek, where there's plenty of fans out there that know their shit. Yeah, and and unfortunately, Mark and Hal are just as guilty. I love you guys, but that has been your biggest failure. Well, with Mark and Hal, they could get away with knowing less if they had an expert on who could tell them when they were wrong. Yes, that is very true. But they did not, so the whole podcast had people speaking out of their asses. And that's all we're going to say about yep. that. Sorry, I did rant. Um, I tried to stop myself, but you brought it up, goddammit. <laughs> Well, we're about 11 minutes in, so... I'm clucking at the cat. Obsessions? Obsessions by Calvin Klein. It's Obsession. Uh -huh. It's Obsession. Okay, my current obsession, which has been uh, working its way into my brain during my most, most of my working hours, or awake hours... Should I say that again? <laughs> no. No, leave it. Leave it. Let's go. It's the fact that I'm adapting an open source role-playing game system. So I've been writing a lot trying to figure things into this open source system. Nice. And then adding my own elements to it. Like the original system really didn't have any kind of alignment. So I'm putting in an alignment thing. Because I think it's a good portion of role-playing to have characters with moral codes they have to live by. I want to do something I've never done before. What's that? Chaotic neutral. Chaotic neutral. Um, that, in my system, would probably be a moral. Cool. It's 
essentially the moral code of an animal or a monster. Works for me. In which you do whatever comes naturally. Work out of my comfort zone. Without regard to social mores or traditions. Or, I'm, I'm all in. Yep. All in. So, could be interesting. Because <laughs> that, that can be a little rapey. Yeah, but... If you play it that way. Um, If I play a woman... Yeah, that's true. Or a female, not necessarily Just a follow woman. whatever your desires happen to be. I'll be seducing everyone. Playing a feral character. It's like you grow up raised by wolves. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Because I'm usually always the moral character. Yep. The one who does everything right because it's the right thing to do. I'm fucking Captain America in <laughs> games like that. Well, there's a reason you like that that mode. I do. I do. I even do that in, in video games and RPGs. Yep. So, yeah. I, I once, just once, I might try to play a game like Fallout 4, just being an asshole the entire time. Yeah. And see what happens. Probably won't get me very far. <laughs> You're probably like, I feel awful doing this. Yeah. Well, and I think that it'll cut off certain things in the yep. game. Yeah. So, but I don't know. He has straddled the arm of the sofa. And his limbs are splayed out to the sides because he is a Dora cat. Yeah, my system is somewhat similar to Dungeons and Dragons in that it follows morals, ethics, and law, but then whether you're for, neutral, or against. Mm-hmm. And so you put all those together, you get nine different systems. Yeah, that was a yawn. Yep. Sorry, guys. So I'm, I don't know, maybe a third of the way through mm-hmm. writing up stuff. Just a third? God, you've been working forever on that, it seems. It seems, I'm, but... I'm not... I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean... I know you're putting a lot of effort and well, detail into it. Well, there's occasional roadblocks that, you know, you get stopped at something and you have to kind of break through that to move on. So there's been impediments here and there. Break on through to the yeah. other side. Pretty much. How about your obsession, which I know what it is, but... Oh, I don't have any. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> Nothing nothing like a video um, game that you pre-ordered recently. Yeah, well, and see, that was funny because the digital version of it was out before the actual disc version. Disc space is at a premium because your average next-gen game can take up 50 to 80 gigs on a hard drive. Think about that, 50 to 80 gigs. You've got a 500-gig hard drive, about 100 of which is already taken up with the OS, and all of the other stuff that you find on your menu screen when you start it up. So that I, I just can't justify having all these downloads. I mean, granted, I can download other things and then delete them and then later reinstall them and not have to pay for them again because I did it that one time. But, you know, I should figure out how to get a bigger hard drive and install it, but mm. I'm afraid. I could see why you might be afraid, because you don't want to damage anything. Yes. Do you know how my luck is? Yeah. Look at my life. If anything were to go wrong, it would happen. I mean, if if it were to happen to anybody, something like <laughs> that going wrong, it would happen to me. Yep. So, but anyway. Um, well, at least you can re-download the stuff that you've ordered. So, anyway, I got No Man's Sky. Nice. Um, let me preface this by saying, if you want a more in-depth review, uh, check out my Facebook feed or check out uh, Wayne Talbot. He wrote a great review of that, which I posted in my Facebook feed. And uh, he's played it a lot more than I have because I just haven't had that much time this week. Uh, it came on Monday, and I basically played it Monday night and Tuesday night, and I haven't had any time to play it since. 
This is why I'm strung out, kids. <laughs> and also let me say, there are people who have been disappointed by it. Uh, those people obviously didn't read the description. <laughs> yeah, there, I saw on Twitter somebody was posting stuff about that, saying that that's the dangers of pre-order when you think you're getting a game that turns out to be different than the one you expected. Yeah, well, here's the thing about having expectations. If you expected something different from No Man's Sky, you sure didn't research it very well. Exactly. Because we, months ago, months ago, it might even have been last year, but I, everything blurs together for me any, anymore. One of the creators of the game, that little studio only has like 20 people in it. Hello Games. Very yeah. small. Super small. Uh, they were on Late Show with Stephen Colbert and demonstrated the game. Yeah, they were even naming things for Stephen. They talked about it. He, They described what it was. It's a game about exploration and discovery and, you know making your own way through the universe. And I don't know how that turned into, in some people's minds, oh, I'm going to get to build my own ship and go kill people and have fights and shit like that. Now, once in a while, you will run into space pirates. Uh-huh. I hope that does not happen to me anytime uh -huh. soon because I will be fucked. Yes. With a capital fucked. But, uh, and there is, like, no user's guide. There are no instructions. You start the game on a planet you have never seen. I mean, literally, for your character or you, with a crashed spaceship. <laughs> and you're told that you need to find resources to repair your ship. And I didn't even realize I had a mining tool until I was just messing around with buttons. I'm like, oh, I have a jetpack. That happened accidentally as well. <laughs> Now, granted, in the menu, I later found out that there was a map showing all the controls, but but even so, you know, and, and I didn't realize that the scanner in my uh, suit would actually scan all of these unknown things, and I would be allowed to name them differently if I chose. I didn't do that on the first planet. But if you scan everything, one of everything that's on that planet, you will get a shit ton of credits! Credits are necessary to make upgrades to your ship and purchase parts and, and antimatter and stuff like that. So you can go to hyperspace. 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 So the planet that I landed on is controlled by the Korvax, which is one of apparently three alien races. I didn't know there were two others because I haven't been out of my star system yet. <laughs> um but this game visually is unreal. I am one of those kind of people when I'm discovering something like that. When when something is actually possible where I could find all of the indigenous life and flora and fauna on that planet, scan it and upload it and say, hey, I discovered this. I'm going to fucking do it everywhere I go. <laughs> this is mine. Oh, this is mine. mine. This is mine. <laughs> I'm like a cat spraying everything. <laughs> yeah, you remember Cat from Red, Red Dwarf. Dwarf? Oh, he heard Cat and he raised his head. <laughs> oh, hello, buddy. He's a pretty boy. So, yeah. Um, and I had somebody come across that first planet that I was on and seeing my discoveries. 
and they're like messaging me on PlayStation. Hey, I think we're in the same system. <laughs> and like, if you come across a planet nearby called Bymore 2007, then we're definitely in the <laughs> same system. Yes, I named a planet after the Bymore and named everything that I found on that planet after characters and places from Chuck. Mm-hmm. Because I fucking can. Was it Wayne that's going through it, naming everything after Doctor Who stuff? I, I don't know, because there was that one screenshot with a planet called Becky with the good air. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm not he, sure if he named that or if if he's just found it. He had Scarrow, he had Gallifrey, but after a while you would run out and you'd have to start naming other things. Well, see, that's why I'm kind of going by fandoms. I like that. You could have Harry Potter planet, you could have Firefly planet. Mm-hmm, Star Wars planet. yeah. Star Trek planet, Supergirl planet, Flash planet, <laughs> DC planet, Arrow Marvel planet, planet or X-Men planet, Avengers planet. Yeah, I could do all of those things. So <laughs> Mad Max planet. So let me put it to you this way, if you guys are wondering if this is something that you would like. Uh, if you enjoy finding things. If you if you enjoy a game like Minecraft, it it has kind of Minecraft-esque things. But with fewer creepers. <laughs> there, I mean, yeah, there's the space pirates you might run into. Uh, you, If you learn as many words as you can of the language of whatever race is controlling that planet, you will understand better how to deal with them. And they can give you stuff that you wow. wouldn't normally get by your reactions to what they say to you. Um but uh, if you like, if you like discovery and exploration and the freedom to go anywhere and discover anything and just zen out to all of that, then you would enjoy this. If you are looking for action adventure, you are looking in the wrong place. That mm-hmm. is not what this is about. I'm not saying that there aren't moments of action and adventure, but that is not the core of this game. And there is a storyline. I'm not sure exactly what it is yet, but I think I get it. Well, it just started too. So, well, when when you first are when you first start the game, there is this thing that contains this sort of giant red orb, and when I say giant, I mean like five times the size of a basketball or something. It says follow the atlas's path, or no, I want to explore on my own, and I chose to follow the atlas's path. So I keep getting all of these clues to the ancient atlases. And yet I have nothing with which to piece them together. Because I've been to two planets and one space station. That's all I've done. <laughs> oh, all this, you have time to do. The space station. Oh, my God. I was such an idiot trying to get to the space station. Because you have a pulse drive. And you can do a pulse jump that will take you very quickly to your next stop. And then usually it just automatically dumps you out of it because you're near an object. Right. And I overshot that entrance so many damn times. <laughs> so many times. Like, it was, I think it was my fifth try before I finally got in the damn hole. It was like trying to putt, mm-hmm. but when you, but without having a club and out, without being able to control the direction of the ball. I mean, it's just like, oh my God. Well, after six attempts, you have to move on to the next station. Yeah, well, I made it on the fifth, so. <laughs> And, uh, and according to Wayne's review, each planetary system has like two or three planets or such, and each one has a space station controlled by a different alien race. Ah. So, but like I said, all I've had is Corvax. They all look like members of Daft Punk. <laughs> oh, wearing the helmets and they all behind DJ tables? Yeah, well, there were some things that Wayne said that I'm like, I thought the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all just... similar nerd 
yeah. uh, history. So yeah. you have similar reference points. Basically, I haven't been able to play since Tuesday. It is now Friday, and I'm going through withdrawal yeah. because I think about it all the time. And I've only played it for like five hours. Mm. It's already sucked me in like that. So um, there are people who say that it got boring and samey after a while. And I thought, well, then you're not looking for the right things, I guess. Oh, so can Minecraft. And I guess that's why you take breaks every once in a while. You know, mm -hmm. if it starts getting old, you leave it. Get up, do something else. Come back to it later. Yeah, whereas this is like an obsessive compulsive person's dream. Ah, yes. It's like, oh my god, you mean I can go around this entire planet and find fucking everything? Oh, it's as open world as it gets. Mm-hmm. It gives a whole new meaning to the word sandbox game. Well, doesn't it have a random generator thing, and that's how it can be such a massive game, is mm -hmm. it randomly creates the planets you visit. And so it's not a pre-programmed thing. They didn't have to write the code in for that. Mm -hmm. It generates the code as you explore. A possibility of 15 quintillion different planets. Think about that number. And Your brain yep. will explode. Never mind. Don't think about it. <laughs> think about having to code all those and how massive a game that would be. But no, it's randomly generated. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I yep. can't believe that a studio that small made a game like this. Mm. And honestly, I don't... You know, let the haters hate. If, if they're disappointed, well, then that's their problem. Because to me, I knew exactly what this game was going to be before I pre-ordered it. And to be fair, <laughs> the pre-order was like two days. <laughs> but because I, because we are Amazon Prime members, Prime members get 20% off of all video game pre-orders. Nice. So I didn't have to pay full price for it. Oh my god, there are so many things that they're putting out on PS4, and I hate them. <laughs> and I love them, but I hate them. They've, they've done HD and added to Final Fantasy XII. I loved Final Fantasy XII. Yes, you did. And they have given it an HD remake. Not remake, um, an HD transfer, I guess. And added some other things. And so you're so silly with that cat. And uh, so I'm excited about that. They're going to put out all three Dead Rising games in the collection. Nice. Which have never been on the PlayStation 4. They're going to put out all three Bioshock games collection for the PS4. Um, God damn it, guys. You're going to break my bank. So, anyway. No Man's Sky. Big thumbs up from me because it's... It just has this sense of wonder to it. As I, should a game about exploration. Yeah, I really, really enjoy it, even though I still have my original podunk ship, because I played for five hours, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> Jesus. You'll hopefully have more time this evening. Hopefully, if I don't fall asleep in the microphone. Yep. You are the silliest cat. Oh, my two favorite guys. You want to talk about the limelight a little bit? Sure. So we had our performance at the Morgan County Fair. Yeah, we did. It was fun. It was fun. It was a little tricky because we had to use like a floor mic and it was a little hot. So there was some feedback. It was better than not having anything. Yeah. So it was fun. I uh, Basically, most of our audience was children because <laughs> they were waiting for the next performance of scales and scales and 
Tails. Scales and tails. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> we had some great suggestions because of the kids. Suggestions yes. you don't normally get. Yes. That was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. And I had a lot of fun. I, d- I did like two guessing games. Didn't mean for it to be that way, but yeah. I was Yeah, well, we it. asked Rose if she wanted to, and she was like, ah, no. Know. It's It's been a long time since I have done guessing for yeah. late for work. Mm-hmm. And I, when we practiced it, I really had fun doing that. Yeah, I, I like guessing. I'm the next the, game we're doing. Yeah. I'm going to be guessing because that was the uh, game that Rose chose. Yeah, she wanted to be the. She wanted to be the boss. The boss. So. And Antonia was the clue giver. I don't like pantomiming the clues. It's tough. That's, that's, that's a, the one thing I don't like to. It's do. a tough job. Yeah. Then you get sweaty. Yes, so very sweaty. It's very active, very physical. So. Uh, not a lot of huge laughs, but I saw a lot of smiling faces. Mm-hmm. And occasionally people just looking at us with like, a confused expression. With a very qua <laughs> yeah. sort of it's like, what are they doing kind of expression. I don't think Morgan has been exposed to much improv comedy. <laughs> well, it's also certain age groups where they're like, I could never do that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that they're up there making fools of themselves. Yeah, that's what improv is. It's fun as hell. You can't really have a good time if you're not willing to look foolish. What bleh, What harm is there in looking foolish? True enough. You, you know your own talents. You know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Although, when someone is mean to you, it does hurt. It does hurt. Even if yeah. it's not true, even if you know it's not true, it still hurts. Mm. Because the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's bullshit. <laughs> True right enough. there. That's yep. bullshit. Words hurt. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Be kind. Be kind. Rewind. And you'll be emceeing the next show, which will I, be interesting. I am, which I pray to God I get good sleep tonight, because otherwise I'm going to be like this or the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you can get some rest. That'll be good. It, sh- it should be fine. Yeah. It should be fine. News and reviews. Oh, God, there's a shit ton of things. Let's and do, go things with you news. can use. Let's go with news first. Um, Salt Lake Comic Con is in 13 days. Correct. Mark Hamill is coming. That's awesome. We're going to try to see him. Yeah. He's only going to be there for a few hours on one day. Yeah. And this is the only convention he's going to this year. <laughs> so I don't know how the fuck they got him here. I don't either. Maybe I don't, they I don't ju- need to he know. just had a hole in his schedule. I was like, oh, I could make that. Yeah. So super exciting. They have uh, managed to get a hold of the Vivint Arena. It's the Delta Center. It's right. always going to fucking be the Delta <laughs> Center. That's where our hockey teams play. That's where the Utah Jazz, which is our NBA team, plays. That's where they have big concerts. We saw Blue Man Group there. Yep. Uh, they're going to have the, his panel there. Nice. 20,000 seats. Yeah, that should fit everybody. Yep. Actually, they might still be turning people away. Ah. Um, <laughs> and so that is super exciting because... There was, it was impossible to get a photo op, and we couldn't afford a super fan package because it was $375. Yeah, that's a bit much. Yeah, but considering that it's Mark Hamill, (laughs) it's really not. Yay for that! 
more details as we get closer. Um, Stephen Amell is also coming back. Super exciting. Yes. I hope they do a team up with Katie Cassidy for photo ops because that would rock. That'd be cool. Super rock. Yeah. Uh, you had a couple of news things. Oh, uh, Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy has undergone reconstructive surgery after having uh, some cancer removed. On his face. Yeah, basal tissue from his nose, and it had spread to his lip, and so they were doing reconstructive surgery, and while he was coming to every once in a while, he heard Skinny Puppy playing. (laughs) And at first he was like, what the hell? And the doctors were like, oh, we wanted to listen to your music. He's like, "Mm, cool. But yeah... Speed, hope for a speedy recovery. Seems like he's doing well. Well, he's he's been through this before, yeah. about 15 years ago. So, uh, but this time it had, you know, it was, had like spread up to his eye and stuff like that. So they really had to take a lot off, out of them. Yeah, it looks like the makeup they do for a stage performance or for a photo shoot, but it, it's it real. Made, it made me hurt so yeah, much. Yeah, it's, it's pretty gruesome, but yeah, it's... Hope he recovers well and does okay and they get all of it. Yes. And while we're on the topic of music, Peter Hook and the Light is coming to the Urban Lounge here. Well, in Salt Lake City, but Here in Utah. Yeah, here in Utah. But yeah, Peter Hook, he's the bass guitarist of Joy Division and New Order, but he left New Order to create his own thing. But clearly has rights to the music because he'll be playing songs from Substance, Mm -hmm. both Joy Division and New Order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's 25 bucks, but uh, I doubt we'll be able to make it. It's on like a Tuesday night or something. Oh, God. I can't do that anymore. It's like a Monday or Tuesday. It's just tough when you're in your 40s to... And you have a job that starts at 5 a.m. Concerts anymore. But for anybody in Utah that's interested, yeah, it would be a good show. Really good show. A really good show. Okay, so I have like 50 million things to get through on news and reviews, or review part of news The and review reviews. part of news so, and reviews. Let, let's, let's talk about the things we saw together. Zootopia, we saw Zootopia. Zootopia is adorable as hell. I love the little bunny rabbit cop. Yes, and it was also very um, timely. Yeah, it's especially for this particular electoral campaign. Yeah, and it this... It mirrors that very well. Yeah, and it, you know that it, this was written and recorded and... All, before any of this even was a glimmer in yeah, anyone's eye. It's prescient. Yeah. It, it was an amazing film. I really loved it. It was good. It was long for an yeah. animated film, too, but it had a lot of story. It was it was like 10 minutes shy of two hours. Yeah, and that's a bit long. But it, it was amazing. I freaking loved it. The only thing that annoyed me was uh, Shakira. Oh, you couldn't understand a word she sang. It's like, use your fucking words. Yeah. But then I have never liked Shakira because I never could understand anything she sang. And it's kind of like one of those deals where to get her like an Oscar-nominated song. Mm. He's like, okay, original song for a motion picture. Usually it's something animated. Yeah. Let's do Shakira, but you can't understand a word she says. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the song's about, really. Yeah. Not a clue. Anyway. I uh, picked up a little bit of the chorus, but it's so forgetful that I couldn't tell you what it is. So that that was the only thing that was just like one of these things yeah. is not like... Um, yeah, the, the movie's song is not good. But yeah, I absolutely adored that film. It was fantastic. And uh, it, Idris Elba. Idris Elba <laughs> as a yak, I guess he was. He was a big old yak. Or is he yak. like a wildebeest, something like that? He was huge. Yeah. He was huge. Uh, he was brilliant. 
I want to see Idris Elba do more voiceover for animation because he is perfect. It was a little like Hot Fuzz in reverse. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Instead of the big city cop going to the, you know, rural country land, it was the other way around. Yeah, and she was really good at her job. Yeah. And nobody gave her a chance at first, but, um, And then uncovering a big conspiracy. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic movie. Highly recommend it. Um, Ditto. Started watching Mr. Robot. Fucking amazing! Oh my god! Yeah, I still haven't seen that. It's been recommended. Uh, it's something that you have to watch. You cannot yep. half watch it while you're doing something else. You have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's the tough thing. I'm usually engaged in some other enterprise, so yeah. like editing or writing. Well, see, and that's the thing. If you start watching it, you won't want to be doing mm-hmm. other things while you're watching it because you will need all of your faculties to experience this show. And I love how much the Mr. Robot logo looks like the anonymous logo. Yeah, the F Society one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've already figured out what the, the secret is, but I I mean, what the yeah. thing is that you people think you don't know in yeah, the first season. Yeah, the big season. reveal, that's been spoiled on me too. Well, I, like it wasn't way spoiled. Early. It wasn't spoiled for me. Yeah. I didn't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, somebody talked about it, like said it as a, a side reference. I was like, oh man, that's a huge reveal just to say casually. Yeah, but I figured it out. Actually, I had hints of it in the first episode. Right. By the end of the second episode, I thought, no, that's really what's going on. And by the end of the third episode, I was certain I was right. Right. Now I have to watch the rest of the season so that I can be sure that I'm right. But I'm sure that I'm right. (laughs) You have to confirm it. I'm sure that I'm right. I just, you know, when I get the visual confirmation, I'll see. I'll say, see, I told you I was right. (laughs) Um, But you know I'm right. How much? How often are you going to say that you're right? <laughs> no, I mean, you know what the spoiler is, so oh, you know right. I'm right. Okay. God. Right. Jesus, Dave. I uh, just said that a lot. But I'm saying literally, you know that I'm right because <laughs> you know what the spoiler is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shut up. I also, on my mom's recommendation, and because I found it curious, uh, I started watching Limitless, and I really enjoy that. Mm, nice. Yeah. There was... Quite a few of those. I mean, Chuck's a little bit like that. There's that other one that I already forgot the name of. Intelligence. I Was think. that it? Yeah. yeah. The one with the guy. Yeah, the guy, the cute guy the with cute the, guy. the stubble. It was in Mission Impossible 4. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah, and also had the doctor from, what was it, Enterprise? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was in it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Limitless, uh, if you don't know what it is, uh, Google it because I'm not going to take the time to tell you the plot. Wasn't it a film first? No. Huh. So I thought it was a a television series based on the film or something. I don't think so. I think there is a film called Limitless, but I'm pretty sure it's not the same thing. But now I have to find out because you went and said that. (laughs) Oh, it's my own curiosity. So, yeah. Oh, apparently it is. Oh, wow. Except it's not. It is, but it isn't. So it's like loosely based. Yeah, well, here's... And this is... Now I understand so much more. Okay, I get it now. Because <laughs> the main character... Because the main character in the movie is not the same main character in the series. Aha. The main character in the movie is played by Bradley Cooper. Nice. Who is executive producer of the show and a recurring character on the show. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. 
I guess he liked that story so much. He was like, "Yeah, let's let's port this over to television." I think that he might be playing the same character, but I'm not sure. You'd have to watch the film to find out, I guess. No, no, no. I I can't remember that character's name because ah. I've only seen him once, and that was in the first episode. So I am in, I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, I I think it's fun. It's an interesting premise, and uh, it's fun to watch this guy who's really a good guy and just not able to get his life in gear suddenly has access to this and becomes basically superhuman for 12 hours a day cool so it's kind of that lucy thing about tapping into your yes potential yes having access to all parts of your brain yep being able to recall anything at any time that you've ever seen yeah it doesn't give him superhuman strength or anything like that uh, he doesn't morph his appearance like in Lucy. None of that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, he sometimes talks to himself and envisions an actual self talking to him. Uh, who doesn't do that, really? But his brain's mm. literally moving that fast. His synapses, I mean. Right. But yeah, it's kind of like the mind palace thing for Sherlock. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot like that, except he gets to it way quicker. Mm -hmm. So. It's really, it's a cool show. I enjoy that. Um, let's see. We'll get to the one that that's going to be the, the conflict. The but, divisive uh, thing? For for shits and giggles, I watched the movie Terminator Genesis. Boy, oh, that could be divisive too. <laughs> if you do not know anything about quantum physics, you will hate this film. Mm. If you do know something about quantum physics, buckle up. <laughs> because it is going to test your knowledge. Mm. I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was a great film, right. but I didn't hate it. However, let me just say, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but it may have already been spoiled for a lot of people, but yeah, I'm not going so. to be the one to spoil it. Good enough. There is a, a main character in the film that when I saw that character, the actor playing him, in my mind, normally plays a bad guy. The things I've seen him in, he's played a bad guy. I'm like... Oh, well, I can see where this is going. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was right. Mm -hmm. So none of that was a big reveal. That's the problem with casting. Yeah. Sometimes they cast too much on the nose, and you're like, that guy always plays a bad guy. Mm -hmm. I actually really liked the way they wove in the original Terminator story. I thought it was pretty damn well done. Mm. That starts on my birthday, by the way, guys. May yeah. 12, 1984. Just how... The Dracula novel starts on mine. Yeah. Uh, loved Amelia Clark as Sarah Connor. Loved her. Yeah, that's different casting. Oh, she, it works. It works. The, the first time you see her, you're like, okay, yeah, she's got this. Because huh. you're not really sure until the first time you see her. And then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, she can do this. She can do this. She can be a badass and, <laughs> and still be, you know, have some vulnerability. Mm hmm So, anyway, uh, I'm, it's, uh. The the thing that disappointed me was the mid-credits sequence that basically showed you that things weren't as you thought they were and pissed me off. Uh -huh. So, yeah. Um, but it, w it was all right. I didn't feel like it was a waste of my time. It had some really great moments in it that made me smile and laugh. So you liked that more than you liked the RoboCop reboot? I hated the RoboCop reboot. Okay. Hated it. They declawed him. Mm-hmm. Don't make a RoboCop movie and make it PG-13. Yeah. You don't understand the first film, if that's what you're going for. Exactly. It's roots. Yeah. 
So it just, it just didn't work for me and to say nothing of having to watch him get burned. And that is a real sore spot for me mm-hmm. that hasn't, you know, it just, it upsets me because my father was in an explosion when I was five years old and was terribly burned and was not expected to survive. And so anytime I see a dramatized version of a burn victim, it is super hard for me and super traumatizing. And it upsets me greatly and gives me bad dreams. Oh, yeah. You, um, any kind of fire-type sequence in a film is tough for you. Yeah. Any, well, any time when anyone's trapped in a fire yeah. is a problem for me. So, yeah. this uh, I enjoyed it more than the RoboCop reboot by far. Well, that is good. So, it is good times. Um, all right. Stranger Things. We're going to be yet another podcast talking about Stranger Things. Not very, not very long. Because <laughs> just about every single one out there is doing it. I did have issues with the first episode. I thought there were too many subplots, too many beginnings, nothing really tying anything together, and I tried my patience. Yeah. Well, I had even stronger negative feelings about it than you did. Yes. It actually made me angry. <laughs> yeah, that it is so hard trying to tie in nostalgia to 1983. Mm-hmm. It was so heavy-handed with that, it pissed me off. Right. And I, you know, I thought, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I need to give it a go. Everybody seems to think it's great. Uh, you know, it's very aimed towards Gen X because that was our time. Right. And I was angry after the opening credits. It's <laughs> 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 just like, oh, for fuck's sake. You are really just shoving this down my throat, aren't you? Mm. You are yeah, just the, screaming the animator at, style screaming at me every second about how this is 1983. Just yeah. keep screaming. And that's what I felt like through the entire first episode. It was like someone in was just screaming constantly in my <laughs> ear, This is 1983! Which is odd. Is, well, not too terribly odd, but there are times you like references, but... From now looking back, like a Chuck episode, like a community episode, Mm -hmm. a way to take something from the 80s and incorporate it into present day. Yes. That works. But to go back to 1983 and try to recreate that, borrowing heavily from the films of that era. And films before it. And films before it, like the D&D game they're playing. That's a reference to E.T., uh, well, there's another, re- there's many visual references to E.T., Goonies, etc. There's tons of Stephen King stuff in there, your fire starter. But to me, I felt like it was too much. Yeah. There, there was not a coherent story. Um, everything was telegraphed. Okay, look, I don't care about the two teenagers, all right? <laughs> and the guy trying to get her to have sex. Don't care about that. I do not care about the other kids, who were with the main kid. I do not care what the sheriff's life's about. I don't care about that kid's mother because I detest Winona Ryder. Yeah, she's. I don't think she's a capable enough actress to pull off the heavy lifting they've given her. She has two settings, boring and shrill. Yeah. That's all she can do. That's all she's ever been able to do. And that's why I can't stand her. She has no depth. And I've heard so many people talking about what a great performance it is. And I'm like, no, she's doing the same things that she's always done. Playing the same tricks she always plays. Uh, it's dialed up to 11. Yeah. She could really pull it back a little. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the only person that I had some interest in, interest in was the boy who disappeared. I'm like, I like that kid. He's the only decent person here. I can see... I mean, he is the best actor amongst the the main boys, but I see why they chose him to be the one that disappeared because he's the one you sympathize with most. Mm-hmm. And so if a, one of the other boys, sad to say, if one of the other boys went missing, I don't think he does care as much. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of sad. I like the girl playing Eleven. Mm-hmm. She's coming to Comic-Con. Yeah, she's... She's really good, and oh, the more you amazing. watch, the more she improves. Oh, she's amazing. I'm not saying that she's not an amazing actress. Uh, however, my point is, they couldn't make me care about any of it in that first episode. Right. I did not care. I had already lost my patience by the end of the credit sequence, and I spent the rest of the show just going, please show me something to tell me that this is worth continuing. And they didn't. Not for me. Yeah. Anyway. The second episode was an improvement because things started to go somewhere. The first one was just... A mess. It was chaos. As as a first episode, there wasn't much there to hook me. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like a 50-50 shot that I'd watched the second episode. And I just decided, oh, why not? You know, there's enough praise around this series to give it a go and then the third episode is even better because things start really coming together and even the teenager plot improves a bit there i still don't care yeah i still don't care yeah i am a 43 year old woman i don't give a flying fuck about a teenage romance there's so many strands to follow which i think is why the episode the first episode doesn't work as well is there's too many loose threads and it'd be nice just to follow one story just Follow the kids. Do the Spielberg thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they can interact with the adults and the teenagers, but follow the kids. Tell their story. And let the other stuff just be hinted at, not just shown full on every damn moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, we really don't need to follow the sheriff that much, I don't think. I don't care we about don't, the sheriff. Yeah. I don't care the about teenagers. the mom. I don't care about the mom's other son. I don't care about her ex-husband and his new wife or girlfriend that she was calling. I I yeah. don't care about any of those Let, people. I kind of care about the one teacher that's sort of the kid's mentor. Kinda. Whoa. Yeah, I... He's forgettable to me so far. Well, I I meant I found him, you know, not. Uh, I didn't abhor him. Yeah. So that was. That yeah. Was kind of the guy who oversees the AV club. Yeah. So yeah. They, basically, for me, it was an hour of watching people I didn't give two shits about, and the one person I liked was gone. Yeah, having the girl come in and filling his the void he left is good. Because at least there's not that absence, you know. She She's a good enough actress and interesting enough that she she assists in that. Well, my problem was is that I predicted pretty much all of the major uh, things that happened in that episode. Because oh. to me, it was telegraphed from a million miles away. Definitely. It's like, oh, here's this little girl. I'm going to guess that she's psychic or a telekinetic. It's very much... The Stephen King psychic stuff, you know, his, yeah. his dead zone, his fire starter, his shining, you know, that kind of era Stephen King. Yeah. Oh, look, the child services woman showed up really late. That's not a real child services mm-hmm. woman. Bang! Oh, look, I was right. And characters I like keep dying mm-hmm. or disappearing, which I find frustrating. 
And, and see, that's the thing. It's like, I don't even care what that pulsing mass of weird vines is in that room. <laughs> I don't care what it has to do with the girl. I don't care. And the computer generated images for whatever the boogie woogie is. is a little off-putting when they try to slavenly adapt that 1980s vibe. So whenever something CG enters into it, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. It's like incongruent because mm-hmm. CG effects aren't to that stage yet. Yeah, they still look CG, and so not doing something practical is always odd when so many other things have been. Yeah, to me, if you're going to film all of this stuff and make, you know, the outfits and all of this stuff, uh, 1983, then fucking use practical effects. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. So, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not going to continue the series, Dave. I, I'm glad that you're enjoying it, but there yep. is nothing that can compel me to sit through Winona Ryder's shrill worry for an entire eight episodes or whatever it is. It is teeth grinding, her scenes. All of them are. Yeah. In everything she's ever fucking <laughs> been in. It's it's tough to get through that. It's like, just dial, dial it a few notches back. Just... Honey, she doesn't know how. I told you she has two settings. Shrill and boring. There is no in-between. There's no other setting. There's no other range. This is all she does. I know she's playing a frantic mother that's lost her child, but there's a way to do that with some kind of grace and delicacy, but she's just not quite there. Yeah, well, she's just not quite there for everything. Yeah. And fuck you for being my favorite character from Little Women. <laughs> you fucked that. You'll you never forgive that. her for that. Oh, absolutely not. Nope, or Don't being you? Spock's mom for half a second. Oh, God. In old oh. age makeup for no reason. Yeah, let's let's not get an actress that's actually of age, God forbid. Yeah, it's the same thing I hold against the Watchmen. Oh, so yeah. we're going to put this actress in old age makeup that doesn't quite work instead of just getting an actress of age to play her. Yeah, well, see, there, there's Hollywood for you right mm. there. That That is the acting community. Well, not just in Hollywood. It's in theater, too. It's in comedy. It's in everything. Yep. Women are still second-class citizens, no matter what. So, Oh, Matthew Modine, though. Oof, he plays a good heavy. Meh. I think so, anyway. He's very sinister. Oh, I'm sure. I just don't care. Yeah. So I remember him being in Dark Knight Rises and just thinking, Why, what the hell is he in here? And then having somebody tell me, oh, because he played Joker in Full Metal Jacket and it's inside joke. Fuck off. Especially after Heath Ledger's death. That's just the stupidest thing I ever heard. Well, and that wasn't his fault. Um, but uh, Dark Knight Rises is just a big ball of shit <laughs> yep. anyway. But he was just one additional unnecessary part of that whole film. There there were two good things about that film. One of them was Catwoman. Catwoman? Yeah. The second one was the Steelers were playing the cop football team. Yes. <laughs> Those are the only two things I liked about and, that film. And Tom Hardy having a accent they could make fun of. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah. It's it's just surprising to me that they had him do Bane. He they just must have a lot of visual tricks in Hollywood because that man is the same height I am. That's surprising because he comes off looking huge. Really big. Yes, he is not. He is the same height I am. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. So Stranger Things, thumbs up for Dave. I'm <laughs> well, not going to continue. Uh, thumbs nothing... up is a tough call because uh, I haven't finished the series. Okay, thumbs in the middle for Dave. Yeah, I'm intrigued. And, oh... And I don't I care. Just remembered what I was going to reference, and that is Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh yes, we which talked about was this. a total bomb. I don't. I think it barely cracked five thousand in theaters, like five thousand dollars. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, and it was a million one hundred thousand. 
budget. That movie is unreal. I like that a lot, and that's taking that 80s sci-fi horror vibe. Yes. And then doing something completely original with it. Absolutely. Some stuff that you've that seems familiar, things that you seems to reference mm-hmm. something you've seen but you haven't. While with Stranger Things, it's referencing things you have seen. Everything you've ever fucking so seen. It, has this been there, done that sensibility to it? I mean, even the episode titles are references to something, like Maple Street. Oh, fuck. You know? But with Beyond the Black Rainbow, and I know some people cannot stand that film or just were unmoved by it, but I was fascinated by that movie. It is. I found it fascinating and and frightening and uncomfortable. Very similar in story, but just goes in a different direction. Well, you don't know what to expect. You literally have no idea what is going to happen yeah. because y- it does feel familiar. And they <laughs> nail that time period. Oh, yeah. The without, 80s just stream at you. Yeah, without, you know, being really self-referential. Mm-hmm. And, uh, take a lesson on that, Stranger Things. You don't have to shove <laughs> it all down my throat at the one go. Beyond the Black Rainbow looks like a Gary Newman album sounds. Yes. It's got that crisp alien, pristine, eerie, but somewhat sexy quality to it. And every once in a while when they'd go into reality or there'd be a bunch of yokels drinking beer in a field or there'd be Ronald Reagan speaking on the television, it was jarring. Mm -hmm. Because you had this surreal, psychic facility and then you had 1980s reality. Yeah, but at no time did they say what year it was. No. At no time did they say what year it was. At no time were they playing songs that were popular in that year. Yeah. Seriously. But the score was very similar. It was very stripped down Moog synthesizer. Yeah, but it wasn't actual things from that decade except for those two things. And for that reason, I feel like they succeeded where for me, Stranger Things has completely failed. Yeah, I do want Stranger Things to be more like Black Rainbow. Just because I identify more with that sensibility, that that style. What I want is for them not to insult my intelligence. Mm. I want them to not remind me every two seconds <laughs> that it's 1983. Yeah, it really is a love letter to that era, isn't it? Yeah, and I am not... I, I loved that time period. Yeah. But I don't want to watch someone else jerking off to it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I sorry. I could see how that could be a turnoff because certain things... It's like Anchorman in the 70s. Oh, fuck Anchorman. I where fucking hate they, that movie. They make a joke of it. There's there's a way of going too far, of pushing pushing the period piece part of it. That's a lot of... Uh, let's test the pop guard on that one. But yeah, pushing the period mm-hmm. too hard. Where it wasn't it funny. crosses over. And it's, again, dialing it up to 11. Mm-hmm. Take a few notches back. It's the old actor thing of, okay, you're dressed as the character, look in the mirror, remove a piece. Mm -hmm. There's something on you that you don't need. Same thing with the story, same thing with the set is, look at it, there's something that's too much 80s, take something away. Mm -hmm. It's just, in in my opinion, referencing art does not make you art. (laughs) Yeah, that's a John Hodgman thing. As a reference to art is not art. It's not creating art. It's just referring to it. And so to me, there was nothing original about this. So anyway, I'm (laughs) going to let it go. Let it go with that. And 
please do not send me hate tweets <laughs> and hate messages and hate emails and stuff like that. This is my opinion, and I have this opinion. And nothing that anyone <laughs> says is going to change that nope. opinion, just like I am not going to try to change the opinion of people who like it. Yeah, I'm not going to convince you otherwise, because I can see what you see. Mm -hmm. I just see other things yeah. that kind of appeals to me. And you're not the only one. Uh, David Anders of Devour the Podcast didn't care for it at all either. It, high five, David! <laughs> it bored him. <laughs> There's the high five. And he didn't care for the CG. Mm, so, yeah. um, with that said, dark track time. Dark track time. Or as I said earlier, apparently, dark track of the fruit night. <laughs> And then dark you said, tack of the fruit night. Yeah, then you said dark tack of the fruit night. Dark so tack of the it's going to be night. dark tack of the fruit night now forevermore, apparently. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm so strung. I've told you I'm so strung out. Question. Answer. Would you expect a post-punk band to come out of Dallas, Texas? Absolutely not. <laughs> Austin, maybe, but not Dallas. Yeah, exactly. So ending the vicious cycle is a post-punk band from Texas. And their members include a female on bass guitar. Sweet. Which we always love. I love female bassists. So we have Toby Ryder on vocals and guitar. Valerie McMullen on bass. Samuel Coronado on guitar and keys. And Chris Rayburn on drums. And they love the classic 80s-style post-punk gothic rock stuff. Yeah. Because their influences are The Cure, Susan the Banshees, Bauhaus, Peter Murphy, Sisters of Mercy, clearly, Jesus and Mary Chain, The Cramps, Psychedelic Furs, Mission UK, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Smiths, David Bowie, Joy Division, and out of nowhere, Dick Dale, the Dick surf guitarist. Dale. Actually, he's more than a surf guitarist. That's just what he's mostly known for. Dick Dale. Because he actually created a specific amp for Echo and Reverb and stuff like that. Sweet. Dick Dale. Dick Dale. Yeah, Dallas, Texas, which will come as a surprise when you hear them, because it doesn't come across. Oh, and on their Facebook page, they have a bunch of anime characters holding guitars. <laughs> so that's kind of endearing. Yes. But yeah, we were talking about them clearly having a Sisters of Mercy influence, because they have a cover of the song First and Last and Always. Yeah. Which we'll talk about after playing it. So here is Ending the Vicious Cycle.
cover yeah it is (laughs) particularly musically the vocals are a bit different just because he has different vocals i do like the vocals oh i do too i don't know if there's much else to say other than how how close it is to the original yeah well you can tell it's not sisters of mercy yeah yeah you can tell but because it doesn't go on for seven minutes longer than it should that's true (laughs) um that is that's very true (laughs) 10 minute long songs like this corrosion and well, that's like the short version. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I like prog rock, but a 10 minute long golf song is not necessarily a good thing. Especially something where the bass line doesn't really change throughout the whole song. Yeah, and we really notice the bass line, guys. Yes, so we do. We totally notice the bass line. So if you think we're not listening, uh, surprise, we're listening. Because Patricia Morrison, who may or may not have been the bass guitarist, <laughs> depending on the lead vocalists, right. say... But I think it's just because he doesn't like to pay people. Could be. Yeah, they're from Texas, but they're on a German label. Because <laughs> I believe AF Music is a German label. So that's kind of nice. That's a good nod. Nice bit of recognition. Like, yeah, you guys are gothy enough. Put you on a German label. Good deal. 
And with it being such a close cover, it's kind of like you were saying about Stranger Things, that it's like a bit too close to its source material. Yeah, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was screaming in my ear like yep. Stranger Things was. Yeah. Because to me, it's nice when a cover, you you make it your own, you know? Yeah, sometimes you go too far making it your own. Yeah, where it becomes unrecognizable. Yeah. Sometimes you make it creepy by making it your own. Like, uh, was that Coil doing the Are You Being Served theme? Or a woman singing Take Me to Church by Hozier. Ooh, yeah. Not okay. Yeesh. That makes it sound so rapey. Yep. So rapey and slavey. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. Mm. Wrong, I tells you. Wrong. Hello, Dian. It's your tasty host, Evil Dave, with another promo for a quality podcast on geekplanetonline.com. The pubcast features three geeks recording their discussions in various public houses throughout Dublin City. Whether you're into movies, television, comic books, or video games, you're sure to get your fill of news, reviews, and general banter over a few pints. The Pubcast also features the occasional guest, such as the Ladies of Pubcast, Doc of Dublin City Comics, and quite a few others. Every ten episodes, the Pubcast records a video podcast, and on rare occasions, even records a movie commentary. So who are the Pubcast? There's Wayne, the editor and married geek. Colin Farrell's Jerry was uh, a lover of apples, which was the same with the original Friday. Yeah, Jerry was a lover of apples as well. But in fairness, man, if I'm going to spend 60 euros on a game, I want my fucking onion layers. I will never forgive them for giving half of the hula hoop dance of love. There's Simon, the devout moviegoer, convention goer, and atheist. You know, everyone wear a fucking letter with letters to take the care, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I don't play video games for stories. You often award me a fucking play. I've said it before, say it again, nerds are the most accepting people in the world. Because we are, we are outcasts. And then there's Graham, an everyman and a musician. Like when he was announced for The Hobbit, everyone was like, yeah, it's brilliant, you know? Whereas I was like, no! One thing it will do is it will look pretty. I think we can agree on that. Yes. Snyder knows pretty. I'd also like at this point to uh, talk about how just how damn funny the movie was. I mean, uh, as I said last time, I just find apes hilarious. So subscribe to the Pubcast on iTunes or through the Geek Planet Online website. You can also find them on Facebook and join in the conversation. Who does write better dialogue, Alan Sorkin or Joss Whedon? Let's get to the point, the okay. first point of year two. A year two. And since it's our anniversary episode, we like to do anniversarial, yeah, anniversarial? <laughs> our anniversarial. Anniversarial gifts, which this is our seventh, I believe, correct? Year seven. Yeah, so that would be copper. You'll never get me, copper. And I did a bit of research on copper, so any questions about did. copper that you have, or yeah. should I just get Is into it? Is it animal, it? vegetable, or mineral? <laughs> it's it's a mineral, it's a metal, it's the it's the 29th element on element. the periodic table. And what's interesting about it being 29 is it has this loose electron just spinning around, just kind of having its little leisurely day, which is why it makes an excellent conductor of electricity. Yeah. Because it's already just got these casual electrons just hanging out. So when you send an electric current through it, it's just like, boom, right through it. 
Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of resistance that you'd get in other things. Like gold. Like, well, gold, I think, is a great conductor, too, if I'm not mistaken. But silver conducts really well, better than copper. But since it's so pricey, we don't make wiring out of silver. Well, it seems to, that these days copper is just as expensive. Yeah. Uh, aluminum? Aluminium? Aluminium also conducts electricity. In fact, the big power lines are aluminum wire because the copper would be too much weight and they'd sag. That makes sense. And so house wiring is usually copper. Your plumbing is usually copper mm-hmm. because it's resistant to corrosion. Yes. And it's also resistant to saltwater corrosion. Which we have a shit ton of. And so a lot of boats are designed with copper. That makes perfect sense. Old Ironsides, the Constitution, yeah. you know, the, the Civil War ship, that had a copper body, not iron as you would think. Wow, I did not know that. And in warships, even of that time, they'd have copper on the insides where you would store your munitions because copper doesn't spark. Hmm, did not know that either. It's very spark resistant. Copper is awesome. Copper is awesome. I always liked copper anyway. It's my favorite metal. It's my favorite type of jewelry. I love like a copper bracelet, a copper ring. It, I love the look that that red orange. Oh yeah, look. I love the look of copper. And it's the metal for Tauruses, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, so that makes sense. Yeah, we're born in that year or that born in that year, that month, that that era, that that period that uh that time that epoch that um that that's because it's not like a month because it's like the middle of a month to the end of a month kind of thing yes so yeah but taurus is you know that's supposedly their birth metal it was the first metal to ever be discovered by man naturally just sitting out yeah and copper and it's a soft metal so you can mold and shape it so very early on they're shaping Copper bowls, copper arrowheads, spearheads, you know, using copper for decoration and also for tool use. And then the Egyptians, about 8,000 BC, I think, somewhere around there, learned how to smelt it. So dun, dun, they dun. could lift the impurities out of it. And then they'd add coal, which the carbon dioxide would actually lift impurities even faster. Hmm. And then they found out you could add things. And they added tin. I think it was like a 25 to 75 percent, you know, 75 percent copper, 25 percent tin, and that made bronze. I was going to say, why don't we ever hear about the Copper Age? Yeah. Well, the Copper Age led to the Bronze Age. As soon as they added tin, they had bronze, and that blew up and created, you know, all these weapons of war and just changed technology. And so we went from, like, the Stone Age to the Bronze Age, just like that. I know, but nobody ever talks about the Copper Age. Well, the Copper Age was just... What, a few thousand years previous to that? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if there weren't for copper, there would have been no Bronze Age. Well, technically, bronze is mostly copper, so we're still kind of in that. Yeah, but we don't call it copper, do we? Um, Most bells, you see, are bronze. 20% tin, 80% copper, because that mixture produces just the right sound. Oh, The largest bell in the world, which is the world's peace bell, it's in Kentucky. In Kentucky? In Kentucky. It was to celebrate the millennium. So they made a giant bell. They made a giant bell in Kentucky to celebrate the millennium. The world's peace bell. Is it an actual ringing bell? Yes, and gorgeous sound. 
huge ass bronze bell. Is it in a tower or? Mm, it. I, I just want to know. I saw it, but I couldn't tell if it was in a tower or not. It seemed to be in a standing structure, but I don't think it was very tall. That makes sense. Because that would be a lot of weight to yeah. support it in a tower. And besides that, if it fell, it would kill everything yeah. in this path. Yes, indeed. Kentucky. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, the microchip wouldn't be around if it wasn't for copper. Because before, they'd have to use aluminum bits because it didn't interfere with the with like the motherboard that they'd attach it to. It didn't affect the silicon. But copper will. So they had to create this this barrier between the the silicon and the copper. And it's like microscopically thin barrier that separates the copper from the silicon. And because of that, we have iPhones now. You know, we have smartphones. We have laptops. We have tablets. Yeah, we have tablets all because of copper. Way to go, copper! <laughs> you are super important. Uh, copper is also necessary in aircraft because it's... it's Strong enough, and it doesn't get as brittle when it freezes. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of copper in aircraft, a lot of copper in ships. And the mining of copper is interesting. Um, often, uh, I think it's copper oxide will just sit on the surface. And all you have to do is spray an acid on it, and it'll separate. Hmm. But with copper that's deeper underground, cof- copper sulfate, I think it's called, something like that. You actually have to put it in a bath and electrify it to separate the copper atoms crazy (laughs) and so you'd attract the copper to the the plate and that's how they end up with like plates of copper and for as much as they dig they don't get that much copper out of it Mm. Uh, there's a lot of roofing is copper especially in old european cities and stuff that explains why that's so expensive Mm -hmm. but it's like one of the best thing to get for roofing because it'll last you about a hundred years. Mm. In fact, the copper pipes in your house will likely outlive your house. They're that resistant to corrosion. Yep. We'll have the Mad Max apocalypse and it'll just be copper pipes everywhere. And the patina that forms in copper is a crystalline rust. And it actually will create a protective shell over mm-hmm. the copper. So when you have copper roofing, it'll fill in the gaps with that. Nice. And so you don't get any moisture in. And then it gives that, that nice whitish, bluish, grayish, greenish. greenish. <laughs> Mostly greenish. Yeah. Like the Statue of Liberty, when it was first delivered, was copper, red, orange. Mm-hmm. But it patinaed over the years. It still amazes me France gave that to us. Yeah, like nobody, nobody asked for it. It wasn't a request from France. They built it and sent it to us. I bet they regret that now. <laughs> Yeah, people seem to forget that. That was a gift from France. and this. Oh, they forget a lot of things about how the French helped us in the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Go listen to Hamilton, you jerks. This Eiffel built the, the tower structure. So, you know, the Eiffel Tower, the same guy, yep. built the, the iron structure that supports the Statue of Liberty. And then the skin is actually the co- copper sheets. And to mold copper... You have to, like, hammer it into whatever mold shape you want. But you can only do that so long before it becomes brittle and, like, cracks and breaks. So you have to then go apply heat to it, like a like a blowtorch or something. Just just lower than the melting point to excite the atoms, and then you go and hammer it again. <laughs> and that, that applying of heat is called kneeling. 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 
I'm guessing not with a K. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I didn't look at the word. I just remember it being called kneeling. Kneeling. Can we say kneeling? Kneeling. More? Kneeling. Uh, we have a copper mine here in Utah, Kennecott Copper. That is huge. Yeah. I think it's one of the largest mines in the world. It just goes on and on and on. Yeah. Well, eventually you will end up not being able to find any more copper. Yeah. And I visited there and they had plans for what they're going to do with the future to, you know, recover from whatever environmental damage they had done because water will seep in and become like alkaline and dangerous, poisonous. Oh, great. <laughs> so it's job, like, okay, guys. how are we going to refill this giant hole and deal with all the water seepage that we've poisoned. You went on more interesting field trips than I ever did. This was with my dad when he came up. Still, field trip. For some weird reason. Oh, um, copper and think scientists and doctors don't quite know why exactly, but copper is antimicrobial. Hmm. If you apply some kind of bacteria or something to copper, it dies. Wow. And there's this theory that it might be changing the DNA of whatever's on it. Whoa. But yeah, copper, I mean, that's partly why it's resistant to corrosion and used on ships, is there's worms that would eat into the wood of a ship. But if you apply copper, they can't get through that. That's crazy. <laughs> All this stuff I never knew about copper. Copper is fascinating. In fact, I'm kind of running out of things to say. I've kind of rushed through this. But is there anything you wanted to talk about with copper? Maybe something will come back to mind. I have a copper ring that I wear on my right thumb right. when I am playing video games because I have gamer thumb. I have copper bracelets for work because I do a lot of, like, repetitive writing. Repetitive motions. Yeah, a lot of repetitive motions. So that helps stop that, that like, carpal tunnel type feeling. Yeah. It's like my wrists. I mean, you can hear me pop my wrists every once in a while. Oh, yeah. But when I have the copper on, for some reason, it helps loosen it. Mm -hmm. And there's a magnet theory behind that, too, because my copper bracelets also have magnets on it. But it's the copper that I'm mainly concerned about. Yeah. And so when I get the patina on me, I really don't care. Yeah. I, I leave work with green wristbands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's little bands of greenish blue around my wrist. But... Eventually, that just fades away, so... Yeah, well, your skin absorbs it or it washes off. Yeah. So, but yeah, without that copper ring, I would not be able to have my, you know, all-day Sunday gaming. Sweet. So, it, it makes a lot of uh, a lot of difference there. I really like copper fountains. Beautiful. They're so beautiful. That's the other thing, statues, making copper statues like the Statue of Liberty. And bronze statues, too, which are mostly copper. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful metal. It is. It's probably my favorite. Mine, too. I like copper a lot. There isn't a ton of fashionable jewelry made out of copper, though. Well, there's the copper metal that you'd... Or bronze metal, actually. But, yeah, you think copper pieces, which the penny essentially is... Yeah, it doesn't have that much copper in it anymore. And usually as an alloy for building, it's included with nickel. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's called cooper nickel or something. Yeah, cooper nickel. Cooper nickel. Something like that. And it's used for shipbuilding and building aircraft and that sort of thing. Because the nickel adds a little bit more hardness. Because on its own, copper is very soft. It's yes. a very soft, malleable metal. 
Even when it's been formed into yeah. something. So, yeah, if you have a copper bracelet or something, you can bend it really easily. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing with my ring. My ring isn't a full circle. It's like a horseshoe shape. Yes. Which is good, because that way it can be adjusted to be worn on any finger. I do find it amusing when I see reviews for rings like that on Amazon, and they talk about how it was way too small. It couldn't fit on anyone's finger. Copper is malleable, you <laughs> stupid fucktards. What is wrong with you? Yeah, just just pull apart the two prongs a little bit, and it'll fit fine. Yeah. Good God. You give a bad review because you're an idiot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what that's what happens a lot. People just give bad reviews because they're dumb and can't figure <laughs> out how copper works. Yep. Or what adjustable ring means. Oh, another thing is when copper is in contact with, like, water or salt water, it also develops, like, a weird protective shell over it, which is also why it's good against corrosion. Mm. <laughs> Copper's groovy. Yep. So copper piping, yeah, it just has this internal protection. That's just completely natural. It's also super steampunk. Oh, copper is beautifully steampunk. Oh, bronze is as well. But there is a lot of copper in steampunk accessories. Oh, yes. If not the actual metal, then the color. Yeah, especially with painting your little steampunk gun or something. Add a little copper. Because of the copper piping, you know, that's partly what you're working with. Mm -hmm. Is you're using steam power and what are you going to be pushing through for steam power but copper piping? Yep. What am I going to put special potions and stuff in? Little copper vials. Oh, yes. Oh, that's something I haven't touched on yet, is how copper delivers thermal energy. Thermal energy. Go! It makes wonderful cookware. Oh, God, yes. Because it distributes heat so evenly. And it's used in the car radiator for that very purpose. is to absorb the heat of the engine and to radiate it outward. Copper's used to do that. Well, you remember when I told you about sitting there waiting to get new tires on the car? Mm, yeah. At Larry H. Miller. And they have the woman's side of the room, waiting room, and the man's side of the waiting room. <laughs> I usually sit on the man's side, because it's usually on ESPN or something. Right. But this time, there were too many people over there, so I was sitting on the woman's side. <laughs> and it was this infomercial about this copper cooking pan. And it was square. It wasn't round or oval or anything like that. It was square. You could put it on the stovetop. You could stick it straight in the oven. Nice. And it was permanently nonstick. And it cooked everything evenly because it was copper. And I watched them beautifully cook steak in there. <laughs> nice. Fish. Because it chicken, like a casserole dish vegetables. in the oven. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can, it's something that you need to cook the meat first and then do this stuff and then stick it in the oven. You can do it all in that one pan. Wow. Because... You know, like uh, the casserole that I like to make that with the chicken and stuffing. Oh, so good. I could use one pan for that. Mm, nice. It's an expensive pan. But of course, because oh it's Maybe. copper. It's like $100. Yeah. Maybe it was more. I don't remember. But I was I was actually fascinated by that. I kept looking up from my book and watching that because I just could not believe that it did that. And then I realized, oh, yeah, it's copper. <laughs> it's It's a beautiful, beautiful thing you can just do so much with i don't know why everyone doesn't have one including me (laughs) (laughs) well you look at high-end chefs they have copper cookware well and it was designed by a high-end chef Uh they'll swear by it yeah it's like yeah if you want to cook evenly copper always copper 
Yeah. And it would be nice to have the pan that works both on the stove and in the oven. The bottom wouldn't go all weird. Nice a guy. So, yeah, copper. Pretty copper. cool. Yeah, I think that covers copper, unless you can think of anything else. Isn't copper zinc the battery kind of thing, or is that something else? Wood? Yeah, there's there's zinc, and then there's the metal it goes with. And you create a battery from that. Okay, well, But it could be tucking out my ass. Well, that's what the, the stuff, the internet's for. It's like the the exchange of energy from one metal to the other. creates an electrical current, direct electrical current. Your nine volt batteries. Copper sulfate and zinc electrodes. Right. Okay. That was the original ones. Yeah. Old school batteries. Old school. The ones that you'd put on your tongue and feel a little shock. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt that. Yeah. I tell now you. Now that, that's a flashback to 1983 right there. Yeah. That's, that. I have physical empathy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. It comes with being a very sensitive person. It's It can be really frustrating. I can tell you that. Well, with any reference to physical injury. Yeah. Get, people are just like, oh, what, let me show you pictures of this. No. Like, no. Let me no, show you my scar. No. No. Because it'll make me hurt. It'll make me hurt on your behalf. <laughs> and so there we are. Yes. Um, yeah, I heard you talking about me when I was out of the room. About you and your hat? <laughs> yes. Do you want to discuss the hat before shout outs? Yeah. Um, so a while back, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the podcast, I was having trouble finding a Captain America hat in my size. Uh, there's a place called SuperheroStuff.com. That had the hat, but not in a large, extra large. And I was very frustrated with that. I was determined that I was going to make my own hat with the patch that I already had and by ordering just a plain black hat. I tried doing that. It did not go well. In fact, I ruined the hat. Oh, bum. Anyway, just for shits and giggles, I was looking at Captain America stuff on SuperheroStuff.com because they had a bunch of new items, and I saw the hat again, and I thought... Oh, well, let's just take a look. And lo and behold, the hat was available in the large, extra large. Three days later, it went on sale, you goddamn sons of bitches. Because I ordered it when I saw it. I don't regret it. Um, Why should you? I shouldn't. So I now finally have a Captain America hat, which not only has the beautiful Captain America shield patch, uh, which is perfectly done and doesn't look weird. The star doesn't look weird. Yeah, the star isn't misshapen. But it has this beautiful embroidery on the back that says Captain America. Yeah, I believe it's like the very font they used in the first film, I think, or uh, similar. Could be. Because I know the Daredevil hat of mine has the Daredevil yeah. font from the television series. And this this is embroidered. Yeah. You know, this is, this is quality stuff. Yeah. And it's not one of those stupid flat-brimmed cats. Cats? Cats. It's not a stupid flat-brimmed cat like you. It's like, what? They have no um, brims to be flat. It's it's one of the 3930 New Era caps. Yeah, it's not one of those and football hats. It's a baseball cap. Yes, with the curved brim. They also make this in a red hat with a blue visor. Yeah. Or is it a, no, it's a blue hat with a red visor mm. with the shield. But I like the black one better. Oh, nice. And so now I have this, and I'm wearing it on day one of Comic-Con with a Captain America shirt and with my Captain America bag and Captain America necklace, Captain America ring, Captain America earrings. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I have anything else Captain America that I can wear. I think that's it. So thank you, SuperheroStuff.com, for finally getting that in again. That's where I got my Nightcrawler shirt. Oh, man, I just thought of something. Uh Uh-oh. I was remembering that Captain America dress I showed you. 
Dun, dun, dun. A really pretty halter top one with a big shield on it. Nice. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Which was reasonably priced, if I remember. Uh, it's $68. For a dress? It's actually uh, really cute. And it's made for curvy girls, bitches. Like pinup style. Yeah, I would have to um, wear a strapless. I would have to wear a strapless bra. Okay, you wear a strapless bra. Which, with a uh, woman of my um, endowments, is not an easy thing. <laughs> no. Yeah, I got big boobs, okay? Yeah. Um, and they're heavy, guys. They're heavy. You have no idea. <laughs> I have back problems. But I've always had back problems. So I know it's no juice to boobs. It's no juice to boobs. Yes, She's talking to the cat. He loves when I do that. So, anyway. Okay, so let's do shout-outs. Hey! hey! Good shout-outs. My shout-out is Stephen Hyam. Yes, indeed. This is our year start-over-again anniversary thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've been with Gentleman's Grand House Records for a year now. A whole year. 25 episodes in the bag. This yeah. one, up and coming. <laughs> yeah. About to be edited and partly and uploaded somewhat. Yeah. And so the next episodes that you will hear will be Comic-Con Palooza. Yeah, I don't know if we want to just do one, if we want to do panels, if we want to do interviews. How we're going to attack this one this time? Oh, if we if we get into the Mark Hamill panel, you're goddamn right we're recording that. All right, okay. Yeah, it was feeling like doing things a bit different this time, but yeah, Mark Hamill panel is definitely a Hamill panel. Mark Hamill panel. Hamill panel. Hamill panel. Uh, even if we don't actually put it out as a podcast, we are fucking recording it. <laughs> Fair enough. So. Yeah. 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 I think what we should do is, like, record while we're going through Artist Alley. Yeah. And fun stuff like that. Interview possibly some people. Definitely. We'll see. So. Let's interview Matt. We can do that, too. Totally interview Matt. Yeah. So that would be fun. Matt is so fun to hang out with at Comic-Con. Oh, my God. Driving to and coming back from Morgan County Fair, he had lots of 80s music playing. Oh, yeah. Because he's listening to FM 100, which, when we were young, was the old person station. Yep. And now that we're older, it's, it's still the old person station. station. <laughs> it's just, oh, man, this is music from my youth. But that was, like, 30 years ago. Well, there was some stuff that was more recent on there as well. Yeah, there's some beads and some other stuff. But, but then, when we were on the way up, it started playing Don't Stop Believing. I'm like, you have to turn it up now. <laughs> But anyway, so yes, Stephen, it's been a year, darling. Thanks for sticking with us. We yep. appreciate it. We love you. My shout-out. Your shoot-out. My shout-out. Your shoot-out. My shoot-out. My, sh- my shout-out, Mapes. Your shoot-out. <laughs> Sorry. Shout I out. didn't do reference. Shout-out. 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 The Canadian me. one. Shout-out. <laughs> shout-out, Mapes. God, I'm never going to be able to disconnect those two things. Oh, no, not another thing. No, it'll be in my brain. I won't keep saying shout out, Mape, every time we're going to... <laughs> every time we do shout outs. I, I will only think it. Okay. I promise. All right. It's my shout out, Mapes. <laughs> so you just promised you just broke it. What are you, Trump? Shut the fuck up. You take that back. Oh, damn. You take that back, you son of a bitch. Okay, you're not Trump. Thank you. You would actually pay for things that you had built on a golf course. Yeah, well, that too. Um, so, my shout out is to Wayne Talbot. I already kind of shouted him out in the episode earlier, but 
Wayne is so cool. Uh, he's been on our podcast before. Yeah. And uh, he is a talented reviewer, I think. He has many talents. He has many talents. He's just talented. Why you gotta be so talented, Wayne? He is the main guy behind the Irish Pubcast, which oh, yeah. is multi-award winning, most popular podcast in Ireland. And rightly so. So much so that they've asked the members of Pubcast to moderate panels at Dublin Comic Con. Which is fantastic. Which is, I think, what he did over this last little while. I think he's already been, re- yeah. The latest pubcast is recorded from Dublin Comic Con. So yeah, it's a he, he's on holiday right now. Yeah, so that's already come and gone. So that's on geekplanetonline.com right now. Yeah, and uh, it's just, he's just great. We love you, Wayne. We love you, and Wayne. And I appreciated your eloquent and intelligent review of No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reposted it immediately after I'd read it because, yeah. And so when people ask me what I think of No Man's Sky, I'm just going to hand them my phone <laughs> with that review and say, just read this because it sums up what I feel about it better than what I can tell you. Nice. So, Wayne, hey. thumbs up for you. Yeah, he's a good writer, so much so that he wrote a uh, portion of a comic book, a comic book anthology, Lightning Strike. God damn, so, Wayne, why you got to be such an overachiever? He's an illustrator. <laughs> He studied animation. He's a wonderful husband. Oh, yeah. So He's just, he's a great all-around guy. He's a good nerd representative. Absolutely. Great ambassador for nerddom. Yeah. So, so well done. Well done, Wayne. That's a hell of a shout-out. Yes. For a hell of a guy. Yeah, maybe I'll put in the Irish Pubcast promo. There, there you go. That's a good thing to do. Cool. Yeah, that ends our anniversary episode. So here is to our seventh or eighth year? Now I'm confusing myself. Well, we are beginning our eighth year. Yeah, beginning our eighth year. We have completed our seventh year. Completed our seventh, beginning our eighth. Holy crap. Yeah. But it's not like, what, the Night of Living podcast, which hit their tenth? That makes me hurt. Uh, <laughs> the Dork Forest is probably eleventh or twelfth, because she started when they were doing stuff like on broadcast radio. Mm. Yeah. And she was one of the first adopters of podcasts. So, yeah, crazy. Um, that's the end. So, so you want to you want to end it like Mark and Hell for Doctor Brandy's sexy voice? I've been DJ Evil Dave, and for DJ Evil Dave, I've been Doctor Brandy's sexy voice, you. and this has been the Dark Corner Podcast. Gentlemen's Grindhouse Records dot com. The intro to the Dark Corner Podcast is starting over again by the Dolly Rocks. The outro is Closure by Chemical Waves. You're listening to them right now. Have feedback? Send it to thedarkcornerpod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up at the Dark Corner Podcast Facebook group and the Dark Corner Podcast fan page. Follow us on Twitter at DarkCornerCast. If you have the chance, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Why not also check out other fine podcasts on GentlemansGrindhouseRecords.com. Speaking for Dr. Brandy's Sexy Voice, I've been Evil Dave. Thanks for listening.
Gentlemansgrindhouserecords.com. Blurk, 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 blurk.